people of the world welcome to send it rising live this the 348th episode of the show it's very december i feel a little bit chilly that's why i'm wearing this sweatshirt if you're joining us live or if you are watching this after the fact on video on youtube.com forward slash send it rising you will see that there is wrapping paper immediately to my left that's because i've been wrapping a number of gifts are you wrapping gifts i know that you are did you know i got a gift in the mail the other day it was an envelope and i get a lot of envelopes and i'm not always thrilled about them sometimes they're checks got a couple checks on my desk right now pretty excited about those anyway opened up this particular envelope and guess what it was it's every business owner's dream letter it's what they all want to see it's hey look i'm interested in buying your company acquiring some of your clients that sort of thing this makes business owners feel warm and fuzzy it's like warm eggnog if that's what you're into and ended up calling the dude who sent me the letter his name's link and we had this great conversation and then i realized that the whole mergers and acquisition strategy is a is a phenomenal very interesting way of growing a company developing relationships etc because it's honest in the sense of like yeah i'm interested in sort of like getting some clients or potentially merging or acquiring your business there's that but there's also this sort of um i don't know it's like if you are a business owner you get it you're always curious about how much your business is worth and anyone who has any interest in your business is always this sort of um warm fuzzy feeling so ladies and gentlemen i can tell you he's brilliant he lost some horses the other day they weren't his horses they were his neighbors welcome to the show ladies and gentlemen link moser Hey, that, that's going to be one of the best intros I've had in, in forever, man. That, that's great. I, I you, you set it up well. So how is it that you came to this? So there's a blog in the description on YouTube um, of how I came to acquire X number of businesses, right? Um, yep. Or that sort of thing. Do you want to start there? Like where did yeah. this idea come from? What happened? Yeah. So, you know, taking the Wayback Machine back to 1996, uh, 95, that's when I got into web development, self-taught HTML, coding it by hand, like many people did, using dial-up to upload things, file transfer, FTP. And, you know, and that, that was great. You know, organic growth, that was, you know, the model. And that's what I did. And, you know, and, and it probably wasn't until, you know, 10, 15 years later, one of my local friendly competitors, you know, I say, I know they they merged with another competitor. It just rolled their book of business over there. And I, they're just 30 minutes from me. I and mean, why, why didn't they call me? Why didn't I have a chance to have part of that conversation? I don't know if they gave it to them, if they sold it, who approached who, but I, you know, I became aware that I needed to be more proactive about those types of, I won't ever have a chance to have that conversation. So, you know, I started sending letters out just, sort of like the one you sent and uh, nothing magical about it. Like many things in life, you just got to be consistent with it. And I've been doing that for years on and on that I have time to do. And it leads to conversations like the one we had minus the horses. And uh, sometimes it leads to another conversation and, and it's, it's really been a part of my growth strategy. Maybe not the only way to grow by any means, but it's one that I think, many people as you said in the intro don't talk about or think about or know about and uh, it has it's been great for me and i continue to you know send those letters out have those conversations and um you know it, it does bear fruit but like a lot of things it takes a lot of work you know there's a lot of 
conversations that don't go somewhere because timing is a big part of it. Yeah, that is absolutely true. It is, uh, I don't know why I'm so obsessed with this idea of early retirement. I don't know what I would do in early retirement. Like if I had $3 million stacked away, uh, I don't know, play a bunch of chess, that sort of thing. But what the letter does is it plays into that, whatever that is in the mind of most business owners, which is how much is my company worth? Does anyone care at all? Like, could I potentially sell this thing at any point ever? And and then they start thinking thinking about like sandy beaches and and cocktails and stuff like that. Um, and so when you engage with them, one of the things I liked about your letter is you said, hey, look, like, I forgot what the exact wording is. You know, I don't um, about like, I'm not trying to overpay for your business here. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm coming in. Right, like, right. You know what I mean? I'm not this gigantic. I didn't just win the lottery and I'm looking to sprinkle it around, right? <laughs> right, right. That's not what's happening. But if you're interested in like a, a sober conversation about the value of your business, um, I'm here for you. Let me ask you this. So I did talk to a business valuation company. He said 2.5, 2, 2.5, maybe three times earnings uh, for a company like mine. Um, does that make any sense? you know, in terms of like gross revenue, or is that just like, eh, whatever? It's in the range, you know, it, it, you'll get a different number depending on how you ask. And on, it's unlike, um, unlike selling a used car or even a house for that matter, finding comparables uh, are hard. And even if you did, the intricacies of a business compared A to B is so much different. Um, so, you know, I find business brokers, that many of the ones uh, out there work with all types of businesses and all kinds of industries. Some do specialize in, you know, internet businesses and, and our, our agencies are, are a little unique. I mean, we're not, not really a SaaS company. I mean, some agencies might be that way if they have productized their business, but, but many of us probably are a little more like the advertising agency model. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us have more recurring revenue than others. Others are very much project-based. Um, you know, I build websites, they come in, I, build a website for a flat fee and then I rinse and repeat. I mean, so they're all so different. So it's very hard to stick one number on it. And at the end of the day, like any asset, right, it's only worth as much as a buyer is willing to pay. And so I find that the reasons a seller would be considering a sale is far more of a factor to me if I'm going to get a deal done. And I don't want that to mean that they're desperate or it's a fire sale. It just means there's a motivation there. Are they serious? And do they know what they're going to do next? If you Mm. can't answer that, if you haven't thought about that, and if you haven't mentally latched on and gotten jazzed up about that next step in your world, then our conversation is really just going to be about, can I offer you enough money to push you off the post? 99% of the time, I can't because I don't, as I said in the letter, I don't want to overpay. I don't want to be, so if someone else will always pay more. So if you are all about the money, you got to look for that person, Um, Mm -hmm. right? Who wants to be the guy that paid the most for anything, right? The most for the house, most for a car. Um, Somebody does, but I don't think that's good for me. Yeah, nobody does. Um, yeah, it is fascinating how that works. And, you know, there's this model in real estate um, where they send out, you know, we'll cash buy your house, right? And then they're, they're yep. looking for people that are willing to sell uh, for less. Um, I have no frame of reference with these business brokers at all um, and whether or not they can come through on like an agency. Why do I think agencies, like in my head, three times earnings, like has some dollar figure of to it? 
I don't actually think I would get three times earnings if I sold my business. I just don't. I think it's unrealistic. Um, why do I feel that way? Is, am I just so ignorant that I don't get it? Or it, do, are people selling agencies for three times earnings? I mean, I don't. So when you when you say earnings, are you talking about the gross revenue coming in the door or three times the the profit Net. before taxes? Profit. Okay, yep. yeah, right. Profit. That's the and that's the the more common metric. And, and I think the answer is yes, people are. Mm -hmm. I I try to find out anytime I can through the grapevine what something does sell for. So some of the people that I've sent letters to, I follow up with, and sometimes yeah. there's too much of a gap in time where. Oh hey, I sold that last month. Oh darn, great! You know, I didn't, I didn't pester you enough, and that happened a few months ago. And a gentleman that did that, and he did tell me he got three and a half times. Oh wow! He did work with a broker. Uh, I don't know that our conversation ever got deep enough for me to really know his business. So I don't know if he had the holy grail of, of businesses where it was like locked and loaded recurring revenue that was super sticky. You know, and there was some app there with some, I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if he was drilled in a niche. Right. I will tell you that the bigger the company gets, usually the more that multiple could be. So isn't that wild? Yeah. I mean, if yeah. he, if he had like, if he had say 500, six, 700,000 a year in profit, then yeah, maybe, you know, it was all recurring and then yeah, sure. Probably that could be three and a half times. Well, then you got to wonder too. It's like, you really got to be old and not want to do it anymore. Cause if you're making half a million dollars a <laughs> right. year, you know, Oh, here comes Lisa. That's so funny. It's my aunt Lisa in chat. She writes, I would imagine a lot of boomers want to consider selling their businesses. Boomers, Lisa, she can say it cause she's a boomer. Um, she's and, right yeah. though. She's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're 62, 60, you know, you're kind of like, you know what? I don't do this anymore. And if it is making 500,000, it's like, get me out of this thing. You know, I'm done. Um, I think this, it's so funny to me, like there is nepotism in the world, obviously. And there's this sort of my heir will inherit the throne, but with an agency, you can't expect some right. 26 year old to like step in and they're going to run, right. you know, they're going to be managing the 45 year olds and the 50 year old VPs like, good luck, dude. Right. Right. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you, you, you know, Lisa's point to the boomers that, you know, we all. None of us can take our businesses to the grave and no matter what age we are. And I did speak to another person who had had a heart attack and had triple quadruple bypass surgery. I mean, so life events can happen to all of us at any age that do make us think, gosh, you know, do I want to be schlepping websites and resetting email passwords for the next 10 years? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, some some people will argue that the business throws out enough cash flow over the course of one's working years that, that by the time you amass enough, you're just looking to dispose may not be the right word, but to move this thing along. So in that case, that somebody be making half a million and, and someone's going to offer them, you know, almost a two million dollars cash to be done with it. I don't know, right? I That's mean, it's very you know, appetizing. Yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. You and I are sitting here saying, why would you ever give up uh, half a million dollar a year in cash flow? Yep. And I'm, you know, I'm not at, at that age point. I mean, I've got kids and colleges and down the road. So I'm, you know, keep the cash machine running. I mean, unless that number is such enough that you wouldn't have to work again, like you said, you know, um, but for most of us with small agencies, that's never going to be the case. And most of us are very intertwined enough with our business. You know, I always ask the question, how long can you disappear from your business or go on vacation before, you know, something happens? Right. Yeah, it's true. It is fun. I don't know. Like 
wishful thinking is is a uh, negative term. People throw that around a lot. They're like, oh, it's just wishful thinking, you know. And then you've got your law of attraction. People that are like, no, you must see it in your brain and experience it, and then it will come true, you know. And right, I, right. I, I feel like it's so interesting these two worlds because. I talk about this a lot on the show where I will have a lot of fearful thoughts that I'm not intending to have. They happen to me, right? Just like my heart beats. I'm not trying to beat this thing. I'm just sitting around and boom, fear, just boom, just all day long, fearful thoughts, right? And so I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, yeah, you're just a fearful thought. They never come true, like ever, ever come true, right? So there's that part of the mind. Then there's the other part of the mind that's like, I'm going to intend something into reality, right? Um, but the fact that I own this business, for example, I prayed and visualized and did all the work to become a partner in this former company. It turns out I went past that, right, into ownership of my own thing. But all I, I was singularly focused on that partnership and that only lasted for six months. And then like the prayer, whatever you want to call it, visualization thing, jettisoned me past even that. So that is a skill for sure. But then there's also this sort of um, this fear mind, whatever that I just mentioned. Um, but the reason I'm talking about this is, in that sort of manifestation mode, I do that all the time on the mergers and acquisitions front. I'm always like, how much is it worth? I'm so curious. Like, you know, and I think a lot of business owners play that game because they look at their business as an asset, but it's so different from real estate, right? Mm -hmm. It's so different from a car. There's no blue book. There's no, it's like, who are these people going around buying these? You know, that's why it's such a fascinating conversation to me because you live in this world all the time. Um, so I don't know. I mean, do you find anybody in their thirties and forties that sell and get out and just like take a day job? I do. I, I mean, I, I, so my acquisition history is not long and lengthy, but it, it, they've all been different. Some of them have been boomers. Hmm. Some of them have been spin outs or carve outs. So a company may be carving out a book of clients because they're going in a different direction strategically. Um, people are changing industries. So I, one gentleman was changing in industries. Um, it's all different reasons. You know, some people are burned out. Some people feel that, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of these companies are one person shows. And mm. so, you know, very hard for one person to have all the skill sets. I mean, I, I, I look at this as a way to acquire perhaps a skill set or talent or employees in places where I have a deficit in either personally or in my own wheelhouse. So, you know, if you're strong on web dev, you know, here's a, a social media company that brings, some more offerings or, or an SEO or a branding and creative. I mean, there's always to structure that. So I do, I do see people that are in the thirties and forties, probably more of the forties and thirties because forties might be maybe a little more mid career for some, or maybe they've built something or you know, burnout is a factor, right? If you've been in anything 20 years, you may have been a little tired of some aspects unless you just totally get up every day and just love it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's human nature, right? To, the desire and quench some you know, different things and changes. And, you know, when you start feeling like half of your life's behind you, you look in the mirror and say, do I want the, the final half to be exactly like the past doing the same thing every day? Or is there something I've always wanted to do, like playing the guitar or, or, or cooking, you know, in a restaurant, who knows? Right. Um, right. I, I think Chip, people, Chippendale, Chippendale. Yeah. I think most people fall in like the male stripping category at that point. Yes. They just go full Chippendale. Yep, that's right. Right, right. in their 40s. That's, that's what I right. hear. That's what well, I hear. You, you hold it off long enough, you say, what the heck, right? I'm gonna I do some sit-ups, I'm gonna do some sit-ups. That's right. Gonna, yeah, so <laughs> Link gets it. Um, yeah, so it's a fascinating space. Um, and I feel like um, 
greed is something that everyone struggles with. Um, there's this gentleman I met on the golf course who had the largest title company in Montana. And I took him out to lunch and I said, okay, give me wisdom. You know, and the two things he said were long hold on your investments, just hold them forever. Just don't sell, just give them 30 years, just watch what happens. Um, and the other thing was, uh, don't be greedy when it comes to paying your employees and just don't be greedy in general. Um, to have a successful business, according to him, you have to be a conduit for money to flow through. You can't like, it's like a vein. You don't want mm -hmm. too much cholesterol. You just want to let it flow, you know? And, and to me, that's such a wild thing. Cause like, I, I feel like I pay well, um, at my company. Um, and, uh, it, it's like a paradox that that brings in more revenue. Does that make sense? Right. You know, right. it's like you pay more, get more. Well, then, then, you know, we talked, you talked earlier about assets and, the, and these businesses don't have hard assets. The, your assets could walk right out the door at five o'clock, whether that be the client or the staff. So what you're investing in is cash flow, but what you've got to retain is the relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's where the risk is. Um, you know, attrition is a real thing. And, you know, you hear at the big, big corporate level of all industries, M&A and how many mergers fail. And you read that stuff in the back of the, the Wall Street Journal and, you know, these big companies. I mean, most of us, little guys like me, I, I don't have that kind of money to throw around. So, you yeah. know, I've got, I've got to be much more calculated about it and making sure that is a fit culturally with the two companies if you really are merging them um mm -hmm. there's just so many more moving parts i'm willing to bet most more mature industries like uh home services like a roofing company or a plumber you could line up 10 different plumbing companies i'm sure they're going to be a lot more similar than 10 different marketing agencies i know isn't that wild and what do you think so there's i have so many questions um what do you think about um, month to month versus contract uh, as a, you know what I mean? Like if you are looking at purchasing a agency and they have year long contracts, are you happier about that? The month to month or not? I think it depends how we define contract, right? If it's a payment term, that's not really a contract. Um, you know, truly if it is contractual recurring revenue, then that definitely has more value. I find I find ancillary surfaces like maintenance and hosting tend to be far more stickier and stable than uh, the more creative services, web dev, even SEO. You know, and you're you're going to probably want to look at the longevity of those clients and the accounts or the services that they're getting. Mm. Um, you know, so even if you had hosting clients that were paying monthly, but you could show that the bulk of these have been there for five plus years, well, that's far more stable than um you know annual revenue where they've only been on for three months into the first year i mean right that's know. so true you know i didn't think about that i mean selling a business that's got to be sort of a it's like an audit almost it feels like you're being audited it, it really is uh you've got to dig deep and it depends on how you structure your deal terms too i mean you could you could an earnout is one way to pay a percentage of future revenue in which case maybe you don't have to dig quite as deep because if you were misled as a buyer it'll come out in the wash but mm. it, it, it you do have to do enough digging to know what you're getting and what's how, an how, how do earnouts get structured so an earnout might be uh you know if i was buying a business and, and i would put down a percentage of cash at closing let's say it's 40 percent, and then 60 percent, i would pay out over a percent of say monthly revenue for the next you know, 24, 36 months. 
Mm. So it might be, say, 30% of whatever comes in the door from these clients goes to you, Mr. Seller or Mrs. Seller. Uh, and that way it's variable, right? So you are going to have an incentive to make sure that I'm the right fit for your company. You're going to have an incentive to make sure that we work together to transition these accounts and, and mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you know everybody's selling growth too, and usually when you're taking it over, the business is not usually doing this. It's flatlined or sort of uh, slowing. So now that seller feels like you are bringing the new energy to the table. They're excited. You're going to be able to, you know, double my uh, hosting fees because I haven't changed them in 15 years, and you'll be able right. to sell SEO to everybody at a thousand bucks a month. You know, doing stuff that they couldn't do when they own the relationship and it's it's i wish it was that easy but it isn't right of course but, not but if you were to work together and in a perfect way to do that that person should also benefit from that upside with a true or now now you you could put a cap and a ceiling on either of those mm. but i i personally like to keep it fair so if if there's no floor on the cratering or no there shouldn't be a ceiling on if we do work together and and build this up Right. But usually they're exiting for a reason. It's not to keep, you know, being in sales. So <laughs> you, you hear a different story on the front side than you do after. Oh, it's just it. like an interview. It's got to be. It, it you is. Know what I mean, oh, I you have know, learned. We're going to work together. We're going to make you, you know, this will be awesome. And then they just check <laughs> out, just 100% check yep. out. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, it's, I, like I mean, it's natural. That's going to happen. It's senioritis is what it is. Remember that? Yes. In high school? Yes. We're just like, I'm done. This is yeah. That's like right. that, that final semester where it doesn't even matter for college, like what grades you get, like doesn't, you know, you've yeah. already been accepted to your college. Correct. You're, Correct. Like, yeah. Like, what yeah, am I long doing? As, long as you don't burn the place down and they graduate you, you, you can coast. That's right. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Um, because every every article I've ever read, it says, oh, you better have contracts. Otherwise, it's not there's no value. And I'm like, BS, you know, that is, it, yeah, that's yeah, it's total B. It's so stupid because, again, yeah, if I can show I've had this client for six years, you know, yep. is, is that more valuable or less valuable? It's just I don't know how you would transition a team over like I, I that conversation to me sounds crazy to go to staff and say, oh, by the way, you know, don't go look for another job. But here's, you know. Or, you know, there's some guy's going to come buy this. You want to meet him? I mean, that just sounds insane to me. Like, how could you do that to the to these people that are working for you? They must be going like, what are you smoking, dude? You know, that you think they, they is, might. Okay. They might. I mean, how do you keep them? How do you retain them? I mean, you could get creative with um, employment contracts or some back end bonuses as if they were key people there. Right. Um you know, you, you might not merge the two companies. You might just run company B all by itself and just leave it with the same brand and the same name and, and not try to roll that into company A. Right. That, that doesn't confuse people quite as much. Um, but, you know, those those employees can walk out the door any day they want, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't own people. You can't sell people. That's like what I'm client. just saying. As a buyer, I would feel so terrified that that would happen. That like these key people, they have the relationships. They do all the reporting. They do all the work. They have yep. all the, you know, it's all custom. You can pay like, the clients and go right out the yes, door. Yes, exactly. Like, you know, they're just like, you know, they're just calling them up, you know, like on a Tuesday. <laughs> just be like, hey, man, like they're acquiring. You know what I mean? It's all hush hush. And then like. Yep just goes away because it's just relationships how did how did i mean do people just are they just more ethical than than that are they just i mean how does that work you know that's where i think 
personally, I find comfort in some kind of earnout. So if you sell me something that's making a hundred grand a year and it turns out it's only making 50, well, you're not getting as much. Right. You know, so you better be incentivized to help me, you know, and I'm going to want to get out there and meet your team and I'm going to try to do everything I can to build rapport and trust with them so that they feel like, yeah, all right, my job isn't changing. This new guy, he's actually got some new ideas, you know, and, um, you know, he's not coming in. But sometimes some merger, if it was truly was a merger, people might lose, right? You you might have all the team you need and somebody, you, you don't want the overhead of someone else's payroll because you've got enough capacity. You just want to buy their top line revenue and their right. clients. And and so, yeah, no, no, Link, I don't need your guys, you know? No, don't worry about it. Because you're looking at that and saying, that expense is right out the door, so that's more profit for me. Right. That happens, that happens too. And I think, I personally feel like you should be upfront with what your plans are for a company when you're talking to somebody because most people I talk to, they they really care about the clients and their their staff uh, as almost, if not more than the money sometimes. And oh, totally. Oh, my Make God. sure people my, are taken care of, yeah. Yeah, my staff are, they're just the most incredible human beings on planet Earth in my world, you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, so, you, yeah. You want to make sure they're taken care of. And I I mean, I think you could put all that stuff in the agreement, you know, you you. Man, could you say, well, you know, don't fire Susie, you know, for the first six months? Well, what if Susie doesn't perform? I mean, right, you know, I don't know how that works. I haven't crossed that bridge myself. I feel like, you know, you, you're starting sort of new with people. and um, But I do feel like there's a bit of a partnership with the exiting party, too. So you, you do have to kind of dance and work together, however that shapes out. I mean, there's many ways. Some people keep the exiting person on. You, you might go from owner to uh, employee. And you might be on right. salary, you know, and that may be right. part of your uh, exit strategy. Um, I I personally like to see the person out the door sooner than later because that's why they're doing this. And if I, they're still working for me, you know, most entrepreneurs don't always make the best employees. <laughs> you know, we, we, we got to work for ourselves, not to go and work for someone else for less money, usually. Right. Um, now. You know, again, maybe that's part of the deal, and maybe you've just written me a big check, and I'll suck it up. But um, you know, eventually, I feel like you got to stand on your own two feet when you acquire something, and the sooner the other person's out the door, the better you're going to have a chance of building your relationships. With that's the so wild. It it sounds so risky, but those things that feel risky, sound risky, often have you know phenomenal rewards on the backside. And Both ways, well. right? Yeah. I think, and I think what you hit on is exactly why. I think it's hard to get deals done. It's because if you are selling and you've never bought, you've never been in the shoes of the buyer. Mm -hmm. Go out and buy a few digital marketing companies, have a few crater on you. And then when you're selling, you're going to have a little more sense of how it's would feel. And, and so brokers, you know, yeah, three and a half times, three times. They've never bought one of these before. They've never right. even been in this industry. And I, so sometimes I feel like, you know, that's a little hard to stick a number on it if you don't know where the risks are, but people are always, value. they're putting band-aids on stuff, man. I, uh, I bought this townhome and, uh, there's this pressure valve plumbing thing that deals with whatever, some plumbing thing. Anyway, I go out there and they tape the living out of this thing. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the home inspector didn't see it. And then the garbage disposal is leaking, but you can barely tell. And people just run around and they're not going to spend $600. I spent $600 on the plumbing thing, you know, but, but you can clearly tell they just tried to make it not visible for the inspector. 
Yeah. They're, they're trying to get away with stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, people selling these companies, how are they any different? You know, this is one of the biggest sales of their life. They, they're trying to right. maximize their dollar yeah. amount too. And, you know, they're going to put band-aids on stuff and, and try to make it look prettier than it is. And, yeah. And uh, all with a smile. Hey. And like, some brokers are going to validate that because the broker is going to say, say you or I, hey, I can get you three and a half times X because they, they work by commission. I'm not and I'm not knocking brokers, but, uh, you know, they're going to they're in the mindset of this is I can get you that we'll get to the market. I'm going to get a good commission. And then and they're thinking if, uh, you know, if we don't get it, well, I'll just be there with you when we lower the price. And uh, right. And maybe they do get it. I mean, the market there's definitely the seller's market for many business owners of all industries right now. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, and what we have, we, we know these are good lifestyle businesses for the reasons that we do them. And so I'm not, I'm not a fool to think the person selling it, some of them have pretty good little residual, uh, you know, easy cash flow there. And, and so at some point they're going to say, hey, I, I might as well just keep it or crater this thing and instead of selling it at that price. Right. So. Mm. You got to find again. It comes to me. It comes back to their motivation. Why are we even having this conversation now? What in your world? I mean, am, am I going to be able to help you solve a problem or get to somewhere where you want to be by taking this off your hands? And if right. if I'm able to give you back all that time and get it off of you know your mind and your shoulders, that's the conversation I want. But if you're like, I don't really want to sell, but if you threw enough money at it, I think about it. That's not going to go anywhere. Right. Right. That's so interesting. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Uh, final minute. Um, if you are a marketing agency owner um, and you want to chat with Link, I highly recommend that you do, um, especially after having listened to this. Or who do you know that uh, owns a marketing agency that might be interested in selling or just uh, having a conversation uh, with Link about uh, clearly, you know, he knows a lot about marketing, web development, uh, FTP file uploads, Dreamweaver. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Front page. That's right. <laughs> um, or other, you know, internet marketing stuff. But Link, uh, we're running out of time. I want to make sure you have a chance to tell the folks how to reach you. How do they do that? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, pretty easy to find uh, with my name. Um, you can email me directly at link at windhill.com. Um, websites, uh, www.windhill.com. Again, Link Moser. There's not a ton of us on the line, so... I'm not hard to find. I'm happy to chat with anybody, whether you're thinking buying, selling, have questions. It's it's a topic I'm passionate about. Enjoy it, love it, happy to share it because it's it's hard to find this information. So I'm always learning by talking to others and happy to pay that forward. Mm -hmm. Yep, I clearly learned that uh, there's a lot about this that I didn't didn't realize, and Link has taught me a lot. Link Moser, L-I-N-K, last name Moser, M-O-S. -E. ER, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, you know we love you. YouTube.com forward slash send it rising, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Sorry we were a little late today, but I uh, do appreciate uh, the folks that did join us. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Bye for now.